Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk with people who are living lives of purpose and doing amazing things that make a positive impact in our world. We take time to listen to them as they reflect on their life journeys and what has shaped them into who they are today and what motivates them to be involved in what they do. Well, kia ora, everyone. Welcome along to Seeds Podcast. This is Stephen Mo speaking, and I'm glad you could join me as this time we get a chance to speak with Siwei Wei Ng and Emma Costas. And we have an interesting conversation about a purpose-driven career. What does that mean for the two of them? Now, they both are lawyers, so the context within which we're talking is what it means to be an impact lawyer. And the context of this recording was an event for the Global Alliance of Impact Lawyers held here in Asia Pacific. If you enjoy this, then why not check out some of the other episodes of Seed's podcast in the back catalog? And also, there's a link in the show notes to where you can find out more about this collective of impact-focused lawyers, and also a link to a journal which we just put out and has a bunch of articles, so you might know a lawyer or a law student who some of this would be really relevant to. Feel free to pass it on. Now let's get straight into this session considering impact and a career and how to weave the two together. Welcome everyone. It's uh, great to have so many of you joining us here. And uh, my name is Stephen Mo. Um, I'm the chair of the Asia Pacific part of Gale, the Global Alliance of Impact Lawyers. And it's a real pleasure to welcome you here today. Um, it's been a long time in the planning, and so it's good to um, see people joining from across the region with a focus in this session on Asia Pacific. So the, the first panel, I'm really lucky. Um, if you have a look there, we've got Siwei and Emma. So the two of them are going to be sharing a little bit about um, their journeys, their stories, um, because ultimately stories is how we connect with each other. It's how we learn from each other. Um, so just before I hand over to them, I'm going to be inputting a little bit. So just briefly on my story, you can hear an accent. I'm actually talking to you from New Zealand. So that's where I'm based in Christchurch, New Zealand in the South Island. My parents were from America, but we moved here when I was a child. So I actually grew up here. Um, but I've had a career that has seen me travel the world. So as a lawyer, I worked for a large international law firm in London for three years, and then I moved to Tokyo for four years, and then I was in Sydney for four years and came back to New Zealand six years ago. And in coming back from an international law firm, I was really challenged to reinvent my career, and now I focus on what I call for-purpose type clients, often not-for-profits, but also for-profit or for purpose. So that's just a little bit of my background, just so that you know, as I'm talking, that's the context within which I'm, I'm speaking. Um, but maybe um, Siwei and Emma, maybe Siwei, do you mind kicking off and, and sharing a little bit about your journey? What brings you here today? Yeah, sure. Um, thanks a lot, Stephen. I'm very happy to be here uh, today, like having been involved with Asela since late 2019. It's just very gratifying to see uh, how much the community has grown and that uh, we're now having this launch event of the global um, network that you mentioned, Stephen. Um, so a little bit about myself. Uh, I am now uh, with the private wealth team uh, at Stevenson Harwood in Hong Kong with a focus on philanthropy and uh, impact and ESG. Uh, but I actually only uh, came back to law practice uh, three years ago. 
And prior to that, I was working uh, as a journalist and uh, also with an international NGO focused on access to justice and human rights for the bulk of my career. Um, so why did I come back to a law practice? Um, as I was preparing for today, I was thinking there were two main things that um, got me thinking about coming back to law. Uh, first of all, the international NGO I was working for is called PillNet Public Interest Law Network. And they're like the uh, lawyer version for uh, Doctors uh, Without Border. Uh, we work with a wide range of law firms and law schools to design legal clinics and um, to provide pro bono support for a, a wide range of other NGOs and uh, impact organizations. So during those uh, four or five years, I was at the um, on the forefront uh, seeing how impact organizations evolve. Um, no longer are they just uh, using the uh, the format of a, or the structure of a charity, uh, but increasingly we see uh, new structures like social enterprises, social impact bonds, and um, and these structures are facing uh, increasingly interesting, uh, but also new legal questions. So that got the lawyer part of me uh, interested uh, again. And um, the other turning point is uh, probably uh, more philosophical, I suppose. So after working for Pillnet, um, helping, them, helping them start their Hong Kong and Asia office, I joined one of our biggest donors, um, an inspiring lady who uh, turned out to be one of the leading strategic philanthropists and impact investors in the region. So uh, her, her journey uh, is itself um, a very uh, inspiring story. So, so since 2008, the great financial crisis, um, she has been thinking, like her family and herself has always been active in philanthropy, but she started thinking, why is she doing, why is her philanthropy separated from um, her investment, like how can she apply her values across everything that she does, how she apply her capital. So she started um, um, this journey uh, where uh, she basically used eight years to transition her investment uh, portfolio asset class by asset class into uh, for impact. And she got me um, thinking about things um, in a much more integrated approach. So I shared that I was working in human rights for the bulk of my career, but um, she got me thinking about how people and planet are interlinked. You can't really think about human rights without thinking about climate change um, and how we should um, apply our values across uh, everything we do, um, whether it's business investment or philanthropy. So that got me thinking about how I can perhaps apply my legal skills um, towards things I care about, uh, causes that I've been passionate about, and also helping um, create the structures and systems um, that would uh, provide solutions, better solutions, more uh, effective and impactful solutions uh, for the challenges that we face today. So here I am. Um, I cannot emphasize enough though uh, along this journey how uh, important it is to have met other like-minded uh, lawyers and um, definitely being involved with Acela at an early, um, part of me coming back to law was so important, as well as predecessor of Gail, um, but also um, meeting other lawyers uh, like my former uh, law firm boss and uh, several of the lawyers that I work with right now in my current law firm. Um, it is so important and this community uh, show me um, that uh, the possibilities and also um, how, um, yeah, that it is possible to have a career uh, trying to balance profit and purpose, even though I'm still trying, but it is possible. All right, so I'll stop there for now. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much. And it's just, I think it's wonderful to hear different people's journeys. And I, I'm sure we're going to dive a little bit deeper into yours. 
Um, if you do have questions, don't forget you can use the chat function to add those. Um, but Emma, we'd love to hear a little bit about your journey. Sure, where are you um, talking to us from? And, and yeah, a little bit about what's brought you to this point. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Stephen. So um, I'm working for ProLegus Lawyers based out of Melbourne, and our firm operates across Melbourne and Sydney in Australia. Um, so my journey to um, this firm and to sort of being an impact lawyer, if we want to use that term, um, has been fairly direct, actually. Um, and I, I yeah, have been privileged to kind of come across um, pro-legist lawyers quite early in my legal career. And um, like Siwe mentioned, I think I was always interested um, in impact and in how can I use my law degree. And I also sort of did international relations and um you know, social um, justice law at university and how can I um, actually sort of work in that area? And the answer that I came up with at the end of university was, oh, well, be um, in-house counsel um, at, you know, a charity or a not-for-profit organisation. And I looked more and more into that um, and sort of was fed back um, feedback that probably I needed a bit more experience um, to do that and that um, that's something that... Uh, lawyers tend to do towards um, the middle to the end of their career. Um, so people, some, um, yeah, people recommended to me that I um, pursue a corporate commercial career first. Um, and then it was sort of at that juncture that I came across pro-legist lawyers and they specialise in um, charity and not-for-profit law in Australia. Um, and they exclusively um, represent charities, not-for-profits and philanthropists. So um, that was just fantastic as it wasn't something that I knew existed and um, it really resonated with me that focus on that impact um, and for-purpose sector um, and really aligned with my values. So um, that was an easy decision for me um, to join that firm um, and to, yeah, to, to build that spe specialisation. That's great. Well, thank you so much for sharing. So I think for those of you listening or watching, you can realize that there's quite a diverse range of experience here already just from hearing that. I'd like to start with you, Siway, if it's okay. And the word I want to use is imposter syndrome. <laughs> what, to, what does the word impact lawyer mean to you? Because that's something that I think all of us, and acknowledging that on this call and the people who are watching the recording later, I'm sure all of us come to this conversation with our own images or, or thoughts about what, what are we even talking about impact lawyers. Some of us are working in pure, you know, corporate mergers and acquisition type firms. Others are more like Emma, more on the other sort of not-for-profit side, I guess. Um, for you, thinking about the term impact lawyer and what, it, what does it convey to you? Yeah, um, <laughs> when you mentioned uh, imposter syndrome, I immediately thought of fake it till you make it, like just really believe that you can do it and then you get there. But yeah, let me uh, yeah share a little bit. Yes, because I did mention I come from more uh, a pro bono, uh, as a pro, pro bono advocate. So um, of course, I'm always aware there are full-time human rights lawyers. And then um, for a while, I was really promoting pro bono. So um, that integrated approach that I mentioned uh, earlier on that inspired by um, the philanthropist that I work for um, is really a turning point for me, like how uh, no matter what role, what law we practice, um, we can keep in mind how this is um, 
how this interact with our system, how it is, and how it can actually contribute to a, a fairer uh, system, fairer contracts, uh, more innovative structures that would help uh, provide those solutions. So, um, yeah, I think uh, for me, it is it is every lawyer, every lawyer uh, could become an impact lawyer, and and maybe like when we talk about impact investing, that maybe one day that is not a distinction that we need to make. But um, yes, I think um, to do that, uh, there are definitely a lot of um, uh, balancing and hard work that we need to do in the meantime, um, because the, uh, the field is still um, like, uh, yeah, we, we may go into these challenges later, but um, I, I think it is about like really seeing that you can play a role and then uh, find your way uh, to do that um, by starting and also just uh, learning from other people's journeys. Yeah, that's really good. Thank you. How about you, Emma? Any reflections on that that term if since we're using it, impact lawyer? Yeah, definitely. Um, I agree with what Zewe said, and I, I like that broad approach to what it means to be an impact lawyer. And the way I think I see it is um, I enjoy and, and focus on um, facilitating the work of what my clients are doing and so if I can help them at for want of a better word the back end um the you know the structuring the tax um the legal aspects of what they're doing that creates impact by enabling um those clients to have greater impact and to um be more effective and efficient in what they are doing um on the ground and so I um yeah I, I like seeing that there is impact in being a few steps removed perhaps from the actual direct um, direct impact that is is being done, but that's still a really valuable um, part of what we can do um, as lawyers. And that, um, particularly, I think, in establishing an, an organisation, I work sort of in governance um, and establishment. And I think having that um, as a focus um, at a you know critical stage of establishment um, means that a, a charity or a not-for-profit in, in the circumstances I work in um, can really focus on on the impact that they're trying to create and are not hampered by um, systems um, or structures that actually are not fit for purpose or don't help them achieve those objectives. Yeah that's really good I like the word that you used I think you said facilitating and for me there's a similar word that I think about and I try to be which is the word catalyst and if we can help to catalyze impact, like, you know, a chemical reaction, it's going to take a long time to happen. But if we can bring our legal skills, then we can help things to happen more quickly. And actually, that's a role that we can play whatever position we have in a law firm or whatever our expertise is, is to help the client's journey through to understand the options. But of course, we need to know what the options are as well. Um, yeah, that's really helpful. And um, Sarah's put in the chat a link to some information about what is an impact lawyer, so you can check that out. Um, Seaway, I'm looking at my watch here, and I think you've spent at least three billable units on this call. <laughs> what are the challenges associated? You know, how would you say, because, um, you know, there is this tension, isn't there, that the, the legal system, for better or worse, it does get tied back to how do we use our time, but very often some of the things that we're doing have this sort of public good aspect to them. Um, any thoughts or things that you'd like to share about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, yes. <laughs> so I, I, I think um, the the challenges um, 
that uh, we face as a service provider uh, may be slightly different if we look at the spectrum of impact work there is. Um, so more on the um, on the maybe just billable hour first, or or even just like the the um, the early stage of uh, say ESG, right? So I think. Um, Right now, there's a lot of interest in ESG, um, and I work a lot with our funds team, with our corporate team, regulatory team to talk about uh, what are some of the regulations out there. But there's also a lot of confusion, like the, the, the broad universe of ESG. There's a lot of awareness raising, uh, thought leadership that needs to be done. And, and a lot of this will not be billable hours, but they are essential to building that, uh, that, that uh, awareness. Um, so that is, uh, that is one challenge. But at the same time, uh, I think um, there there is a challenge. But if you work with a with a firm and a team that really believe it, um, you can really make a difference. So as we know that regulations are quickly catching up and uh, and tightening across the world. But um, for a lot of new, uh, it, it still doesn't apply to all financial products. Like let's say, for example, so recently uh, we work with one financial product where there are there are no formal regulations yet but because we can explain to client this is where the trends are heading this is what uh the the whether it is regulators or investors or, or consumers, um, their expectations are changing. Um, therefore, rather than just looking at what is the minimal requirements uh, from the regulatory side, these are the best practices that you can think about and that would put you in a market leadership position down the road and really help contribute to long-term value creation and, 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 and things that we believe in. So I, and, and, and when you work with a client that is open to that, you can really, uh, it is a challenge, but it is, also um it is also where uh, i think we can really add value and um another challenge which is also uh uh, uh finance or uh, billable income related is so i talk about the market end but on the um on the uh impact end um i think um because uh there's still um a mindset that support for charities should be um uh, most of the time should be pro bono. So like, how do you draw the line uh, when actually work becomes really complex and that for the lawyers that um, it, it should not be just pro bono so that it can also be uh, be a more sustainable uh, practice for both lawyers and the, uh, and the impact organizations. So uh, I think there's quite a bit of awareness raising there too and exploring, um, learning where to draw that line. Yeah, so all these kind of um, impact my ability to balance uh, the for-profit and the and and, and the um, and the purpose, but yeah, it, it is slowly getting there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Thank you. It's really helpful to. I think that's part of the call. The purpose of this is actually just to legitimize the fact that we probably all are facing these questions is how do we balance and, and where do we put the time? Um, I, I've increasingly noticed, because I've been practicing law for about 20 years now, and I get um, approached by junior lawyers or people who are just starting out. And the reality is that they have realized that the reason they studied law was to have impact, but the practice of law is very much a business and so they can get disillusioned. Um, I actually did a little um, short reflection on that called Dear Junior Lawyer, Don't Give Up Yet. <laughs> and and the, the point of it was basically keep pushing through, keep trying, because there are environments out there where you will be able to have 
and impact. And it might be that you got put into a text team, but really you should be in family or you might be in the family team and really you should be over here. And it's about continuing to push for how you can have an impact through your career and, and what you do. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's just really important. Um, everybody, mm -hmm. if you have questions, please put them in the chat because we are watching and we've got a couple more minutes, but we'd love to answer your questions. And I'm sure some of you have a question, but Emma, can you just reflect on that as well? You, any thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I loved um, the word sustainability that Sewa used. I think that's a big thing um, in the practice I'm working in as well. And um, I think especially when we talk about impact, um, I think it's important to think of long-term impact as well. And it, it's not, you know, the immediate um, program that perhaps, you know, in my case, a client is doing, but actually what's the long-term impact that we can have um, on the sector or, um, you know, as a network of lawyers. And, and so I think especially, um, you know, challenging some of these um, more traditional approaches um, to how we structure organisations, traditional approaches to, um, for example, you know, only charities only using pro bono work. Um, that's something that's really important and that's something that will help us um, create long-term impact um, and enable our clients also to, well, um, in my case, the charities and not-for-profits that I work with to um, create yet yeah, greater change for a more sustainable um, impact, at, you know, as they continue to operate. And I think, um, yeah, like Zoe said, adding that value that we can because um, we have that focus or we have that perspective um, is really unique and really important. Um, and like you're saying, Stephen, not to give up, but actually to be really mindful and thoughtful about um, what what impacts do we want to create, what impacts do the organisations that we're working with want to create and how can we um, pursue opportunities um, to, to make that happen. Mm, that's really good. And I think it's well, it, it's kind of coming through in each of the things that we're saying, but I, having a bigger picture of the role that we can play, I think that's the key for me. You know, honestly, six years ago, I was not the same lawyer that I am today. And part of it was coming through for me, you know, midlife crisis, what am I here for? All those great questions, but also just how can I play a role in society? How can I have a, a part to play? Um, just as a story to show that it maybe is possible, um, I was involved in preparing a report about the future of legal structures for companies in New Zealand. And it's really good that um, one of the co-authors is on this call, Philippa's here. And so we were, there was a group of us, basically about four or five lawyers came together, different firms, leaving aside traditional ideas of competition, you know, and, and we're, what we were basically looking at was what could the legal structure for companies that are social enterprises look like in a New Zealand context. And that report then has gone to government, it's gone to other places, and I think helped to set the groundwork for further change that, that hopefully will come. So I guess the point is that bigger picture, where can we have a role as well as assisting our clients, you know, thinking at structural level, what changes can there be? Um, it, I don't know, Zue, if you got any thoughts on that or Emma, feel free to jump in. We have a question, so that's good. We can turn to that if you don't have any thoughts. <laughs> yeah. 
actually, I was um, uh, maybe I just have an example to add to that great sample that you share. Um, I came across this. Uh, it is a pro bono project. It's called Chancery Lane Project, and um, it is where I think over a hundred like lawyers or law firms came together to help put together these uh, template. Uh, cl climate related clauses into various type of contracts and and again I, I think um, is about yeah lawyers like having sharing a purpose and 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 and, and collaborating uh, for something that we all think is important and that definitely not one single lawyer or law firm can do so yeah I think being impact lawyer and being uh, having that identity also um, yeah it, 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 it I definitely think it makes me a better lawyer and um, and 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 being a part of a community that um, that gives us a lot of positive and thinking and hopes in times like this. Yeah. Emma, I'm going to put you on the spot in a second because you've joined the profession more recently than me. And we have a question about universities here. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to read it because some people won't, you know, this will be a recording for other people and they won't be able to see the chat. Um, we've just got a question here, I think from Katie. And it says, on that point, um, what do you think is the role of universities in working with the profession to create impact lawyers? Any good examples already? And then Michael's expanded on that to say, following on, what's the role of law firms in training their lawyers to identify impact issues that are relevant to their clients? E.g., what would help the board on the impact aspects of a proposed transaction? So it's kind of there, the education side, university firms themselves. Any reflections, Emma? Yeah, definitely. I think um, at university, the biggest thing, you know, one of the reasons we're there is to learn and to um, be given opportunities. So I think probably from my experience of university was that um, these kind of um, impact lawyer um, roles um, or idea of how we can use the law to make um, impact was probably very traditional. So again, restricted to things like pro bono work, um, volunteering, or, um, you know, in-house counsel. And so I think there is, there's so much good research um, and engagement happen happening at universities and to bring students into that and to, you know, facilitate them to um, attend events like this or um, network with professionals who are already working in the impact space would just um, be a fantastic opportunity to give them actually a broader understanding of what it means to be an impact lawyer, the areas um, of impact and, and broaden their horizons. And I think the great thing is that there, there's so much opportunity and there's things out there that, you know, none of us on this panel have even thought of yet that will be developing um, that university students could get involved with. Um, and in terms of law firm training to identify relevant issues. I think one of the, the biggest things I found is, is actually just really getting along with, with my clients and finding out who they are and what motivates them um, and why they're doing the things that they're doing, what they're passionate about. And that's something that actually can then um, facilitate impact and, and perhaps take you in a different direction on a transaction that you might have um, expected because it is outside just the um, general commercial um, or operational aspect of that transaction that's finding out um, those those um, purpose what what you can do to help them achieve that purpose. Yeah, I want to build on what Emma said too, and also answer Michael's question. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, speaking to your client, understanding 
what is purpose to them is definitely important a lot of times especially in my private wealth um, practice um they're already doing a lot on the philanthropy side like how can this also uh, be translate into their investment and business absolutely purpose uh and um michael's question i find that very interesting i think that brings it back to what Stephen you mentioned earlier on about uh thinking how how we think of lawyers as part of the system. I, I think this is where we actually also need um, be a little bit more aware of uh, what are lawyers' roles and how do we work with other experts in the, um, in the field. So say, for example, recently I have a client he is uh, he's in the plastic industry and he's thinking how he can be more sustainable. So um, in doing that research, actually, one of the things that were most helpful is I introduced them, uh, introduced him to uh, two actually uh, plastic uh, NGOs and um, uh, allow him to really hear it from those that have expertise in thinking about a sustainable uh, future for plastic and um, uh, it sounds like um, oxymoron, but um, there there are definitely uh, ways to um, to uh, make it slightly more sustainable. But what I'm saying is, um, yeah, is actually to think about how do we also work with other sectors and bring the best knowledge and value um, uh, to to client, and um, that that comes up a lot too. It's actually a challenge on its own because, for example, when we work with companies and funds now in ESG disclosure and climate related risk disclosure, there are definitely things that are not within the lawyer's uh, traditional line of work, even though we may be corporate governance. Uh, uh, that, that is what we do, but there's a lot of other things that we, we don't do. And how do we work with the uh, field in a, in a tighter way is something that is, um, I think is important and also uh, room for um, a more impactful uh, like um, advising to, to our clients, I think. Yeah, that's really great. And we, we're getting more people commenting in the chat, which is awesome. So Amara, you've, you've mentioned that in Pakistan, you know, this sort of area is an innovative field, but that Gail has helped to legitimize or incorporated some of this aspects of what you do, which is really awesome to see. And I think that's true. You know, like we can feel like we're stuck on our own <laughs> trying to make a difference or, or do something. But the reality is that maybe there are other people. I always view it, um, you know, like trains on train tracks and each of us are going down a line and it's actually really encouraging to look over and say, oh, Emma's over there. She's in Australia, but she's doing her best and see, wait, wow, you're in Hong Kong. You're doing your best and Amara, you're in Pakistan. So it's a pretty cool thing that we can come together here on this Asia Pacific call, encourage each other across time zones and, um, differences of culture and, you know, all those things, but actually be unified in this idea that, that we could make a difference. But also thank you, Siwei and Emma, for your contributions. Really appreciate your input on that panel. It was very insightful and good to hear your stories too. Thank you. Well, I do hope you enjoyed that session, looking at what it means to be an impact lawyer. There was lots of things that stood out to me, and I really appreciated the insights from Emma and Siwei. And in particular, Siwei is someone I'm getting to know better as we're serving on the Committee for the Global Alliance of Impact Lawyers. If you enjoy this, then why not check out some of the other show notes in the back catalog, and make sure to check out the links as well. Until next time.